Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. We have our full crew tonight. We have Hunter Brody. What's up, Hunter? What's going on? Jeff Mosher. What's up, Jeff? We missed you last week. You know, I was on my vacation in the uh, palace in the pen <laughs> paradise. <laughs> and my name's Frank Close and very, very happy to be with you again for for another week to talk about baseball, even though there still is no baseball. But, you know, really what what kind of dominated the baseball headlines last week was the plans to bring baseball back. And one of them might be a little bit interesting. Now, uh, we heard previously that there was a plan that would allow baseball to reopen with all 30 teams playing in Arizona over the 10 spring training sites. And then now we heard this week from Bob Nightingale of USA Today that maybe the teams will stay in their own spring training sites. And this one's a little bit interesting here. So to break this down for you, teams will play in three leagues per or three divisions per league. So you'll have the Cactus League out west. You'll have the Grapefruit League out east, just like you do at spring training. Except this time there'll be three divisions in each, and they're going to play out a baseball season with those divisions if this idea goes through. So, Hunter, you're smiling. So I, I think we need to start with you. Those of you watching us on YouTube, you can see Hunter's smile. Isn't it a wonderful smile, by the way? Uh, but I, I guess Hunter I has. So. I would think so. <laughs> Hunter seems to be very eager to say so. Before we really sort of break into the specifics of this, Hunter, what are your overall reactions to doing sort of a spring training split where teams can hunker down and just play at their their home spring training sites. I hate it. I think it's stupid and I think it's dumb. I, I hate to be that old school baseball guy, but you know, whoever wins this world series, if this was the way things were going to go down, don't you think everyone's going to somewhat laugh at that world series championship, you know, like, and, and I feel like there should be no way that the Phillies are going to compete in a division with the Yankees and the Pirates and the Tigers. Like I, To me, it's starting to get silly, as if you're making fun of baseball by throwing in this entirely different platform to go out and compete. Can you imagine, can you imagine winning and then like the opening day of the next year, you're at like Citizens Bank Park and things are back to normal and they're hanging the Grapefruit League pennant. <laughs> <laughs> and the ballpark, like, yay, we won. Like you said, well, we won the Grapefruit League pennant. Woohoo! <laughs> hey, the Phillies technically did, right? Because when, when this all shut down, they were in first place, right? So why can't you just hang that oh, banner yeah. right now? But all right, so we have a lot to break down from that, Hunter. You were smiling. I thought you might go a different way. But but Jeff Mosher, what do you think about all this? Which league gets the DH, by the way? The Grapefruit it, or the Cactus? It, Both it of them. would be everybody. It would be oh, the whole okay. entire league. um so with both reports the one by jeff pass and then the one by bob nightingale my first instinct was more of a microwave society baseball loving fan that i am where i was like cool baseball but then i actually sat down and thought about it and a lot of the things that hunter just brought up 
I thought the same about. I just, as badly as I want baseball back, two things crossed my mind. One, I don't want it back as baseball 0.36. I want baseball as whole. I don't want a distilled version. I don't want a decimal point version of the game that is still my favorite sport of all. And the second thing, and I guess they go hand in hand, guys, is that well, I'm not an alarmist, and while I try to be optimistic, and I am optimistic, I think we'll all come out of this on the on the right side, and things will be a little bit different, but um, you know, we'll all eventually adjust. I I just don't see right now as we're deep in this thing, even if the curve is starting to flatten, I I don't see the need for baseball to be the the one to step forward and say our game will continue. I'm not really thinking. I'm I'm missing baseball. But I'm not sitting down at night saying, man, I wish I had a baseball game to, to watch. I'm sitting down at night a little worried about, you know, the economy, my fellow, my family, my friends, my neighbors, my village, my everything, and um, just how things are going to change. And it's, baseball is not a high. As much as I miss it, I also understand it's not the biggest priority in my life right now. It sounds conflicting because I miss it greatly, but I don't think some distilled version of it is going to fill a void enough to make me happy right now. No, I, I agree with that completely. The first thing that crossed my mind was, this is baseball somewhat forcing the issue, just, hey, let's get back, let's get back. Well, when the owners think about it, they're trying to make money, and TV revenue is better than no revenue at all, so that's their mindset. But from a fan's perspective, I don't think I'd be satisfied watching two double headers and they're seven innings long, and they're starting to play around with the rules, and it's almost as if they're mocking the sport of baseball just to get something back on TV. You just saw that with the horse competition in the NBA. That was trash. That was garbage. That was something just to get out there. And to me, it's it's going down the same path if they do go with this plan. So let me ask you this, though. This, you know, Frank Fitzpatrick of the Philadelphia Inquirer, tremendous columnist. He did a really neat historical piece the other day about the 1995 replacement team Phillies. <laughs> this is not a replacement team, right? I mean, you, if you're a Phillies fan, you get to see, albeit on your television, you get to see Bryce Harper. You get to see Reese Hoskins. You get to see Aaron Nola. Um, a bunch of these guys, there's careers get to continue. They don't have to say, you know, you look in the back of their baseball card and there'd be absolutely nothing under 2020. Now that's a pretty, that's a pretty, at least it's somewhat of a boost, right? Uh, you'd have to ask. I mean, I know that there was a report on ESPN shortly after Passon's report came out. I think he himself did a story where he asked a bunch of players how they felt about it. And uh, I didn't get the chance to read the whole thing, but it seemed like the majority of ones asked about it were not thrilled with it. They're not thrilled. And this goes back to what I said right now. It's hard to leave your family behind. You know, you don't want to go somewhere and be be sequestered with other people. Yeah, Yeah, it just just doesn't it doesn't feel right. Well, just to be clear, the Jeff Passon report is more of like, instead of the whole Cactus League and the spring training, that one is more about being in Arizona, Arizona, stuck in there for four months, five months, whatever, and you can't leave to go see your family because every every team and everybody's being quarantined in Arizona, so you can't leave to see anybody. So it is a different whole entire scenario with the Jeff Passon report. And maybe maybe what they proposed in Arizona sort of led to this resolution, that if you're going to be able to... To, to be able to start back in that format, at least make it somewhat familiar and somewhat like home for the various players. Because let's face it, you know, the Phillies, Phillies have strong roots in Clearwater. And a lot of the guys that play for the Phillies, they have a place where they, they stay every year 
or they at least know where to go, where they like to go to rent. Uh, they're familiar with the area. Um, I got to wonder, though, like if, if, if they have their own homes, can't they stay in those homes if, and drive to work? Like, does it have to be that they that they live in the La Quinta on Route 19 in Clearwater and then walk across the street because that's the only place they're allowed to go? Uh, a lot of these details just aren't out yet, but it seems to me this would at least give you something. And, uh, you know, for a lot of these players, they, they might only have three years in the major leagues and that's it. Well. So- uh, to your point about not a lot of details being out, Frank, I think that that's intentional. I actually think that what we just saw last week was baseball crowdsourcing its ideas the same way that, and maybe I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I think that there's a little bit of truth to this, if not a lot. I think Sixers ownership was doing the same thing when they first announced their plans to give uh, big time salary cuts and then it was made public and then they got backlash and then they pulled back and said they made a mistake. But there's these people who own sports teams are not idiots. They're not, they don't, if anything, they don't do anything uncalculated or unpremeditated. Right. So uh, to me, what baseball was doing by having at least um, the foundation of its ideas leaked and then kind of taking the temperature of both the fans and even the players themselves I think they're crowdsourcing to see if if it's the right time to even start introducing some of these philosophies and concepts about you know bringing the game back. And that reminds me, you talk about the crowdsourcing or sort of getting people used to the idea. I know that that's why Ken Rosenthal, way back in what was it, December 2010, was saying, "Well, the Phillies could trade Cliff Lee and then acquire Roy Halladay." Like we knew about that in advance. I think they're almost like testing the waters or or getting us emotionally ready for what might happen, but. But here's here's the question, though, if, if we if we hold out for Citizens Bank Park full stands, that might not happen this year, realistically. Right. Because you need to find a method to test everybody to make sure that people are not putting other people at risk. And it seems like those mass gatherings might be the issue. And, and there was plenty of articles floating around the last day or two about how concerts and sporting events that are open to the public might be the last thing that we get back because of the large numbers of people i mean and unless there's a way that you know i mean let's face it they pat us down with the with the uh, uh metal detectors anyway right and, until they can do a coronavirus screening as we walk in the door right after the metal detector and it's that easy i don't see how you open up the stadiums and let everybody in and then uh here's my question too like if if one player on one team in the middle of the grapefruit league if all of a sudden let's just say i'm just picking a random name and i apologize for him but steven brawl of the pirates if he gets if he tests positive, then what? Do well, you just shut was, the whole Pittsburgh Pirates down in Bradenton and just say, all right, well, you're just going to have a buy on those games. And then what happens for a competitive play in terms of the rest of the teams that may have played the Pirates already or didn't play the Pirates yet? Uh, so how do you deal with that? I think that's going to be the biggest, biggest stumbling point right now is how are you that uh, sure of it? And, and, I, and I apologize if, I, if it wasn't out of the, um, the report from uh, USA Today, but the one question is, I believe the exact quote was, what happens if somebody coughs on the lettuce as they bring the food into the, <laughs> the facility where the players are staying? Can you actually let the team continue? Well, that was in Jeff Passon's report. They plan on having something in place where if someone does test positive, they will not shut down the entire league again. That is part of their process of getting this done. If someone tests positive, what do we do then? Do we just 
put him in a certain spot, a certain area in that city, let him quarantine for two weeks, he misses time, and and then you test other people around him to see how they test. That is in the game plan. I definitely heard Jeff Passan talk about that on ESPN. But I do want to counter your point about waiting until you can fill up Citizens Bank Park. I don't know if that's what we need to wait for, but can't we wait for being able to play baseball in the normal divisions. I, I, that's all I ask for. I guess it doesn't have to be the whole entire Citizens Bank Park filled, but can we just compete with the normal divisions? And from there, I will be satisfied. Yeah, you know, and I should amend a statement that I made earlier when I said I don't want a decimal point fraction of baseball. I want all of baseball. I do ha- understand what you're saying, Hunter, and that when this thing does return I do think that there are going to have to be some adjustments we're going to get used to, and not filled stadiums is probably going to be one of them. Can they come out with a plan so that you have enough people in the stadium where nobody is, you know, where you have one person every six feet, and therefore maybe, and I'm bad at math, I don't know how to, maybe you'll, instead of having, uh, you know, 23,000, you have 6,000. I, I really don't know how it would work. I think that that's one of the adjustments that we'll have to deal with. But t- to your point, at least. They're playing games in their home stadiums. They're playing in their normal divisions. They're playing in their normal leagues. You can watch it on TV. You might hear a little bit of excitement for a home run or a strikeout. But And again, this is a scenario that I think we all envision happening, not in days or, or a week or two, but in several weeks. And by that point, and I think a big part of this discussion is missing, is what do we know then that we don't know now? Do we have enough information then so that we're not as worried and anxious as a society as we are right now and not knowing what's what's coming around the corner. Well, let me ask you this, Jeff, if, if that's going to be the issue where they say, hey, listen, every row, you can have two, one person on each end and the following row have one in the middle of the row. Like th- for one, this is not how fans enjoy baseball, right? Usually you go with your friends. I, I, I suppose I've done it. I don't know. Have I ever gone to a game by myself? I don't even know if that's a real thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Go, I'm trying to think if I've done I that. Mean, I mean, maybe I've bought a single ticket and then walked around, you know, in a standing room and then walked around to see a whole bunch of people I knew. But I go to hang out with people, right? I mean, that's usually the bottom line. So, so how do you how do you replicate that? And if and if you can't have that, why not just play it somewhere else where you have the camera crews and the people in their homes can enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I don't know how many yeah, people most actually picture go going, to... going to the game with your family, but not being able to sit with your kids and your wife. They'd have to sit right. 20 seats away That could away be a, from an you. advantage, right? <laughs> I'm thinking Can they mini- make a promotion out of that? Yeah. Like family family distancing night? I'm, I'm, thi- <laughs> I'm thinking of the fights that are going to happen when people are waiting in line for crab fries and they're all trying to get there, but you got to wait because you got to wait six feet and now you're how many feet away from the line? And I don't know, man. Oh, gonna- forget that. How about the Phillies-Mets game where, you know, you're fighting with the Mets with, screw you, buddy. <laughs> what? I can't hear you. I said screw you. <laughs> by the way, just a side note, I, I've gone to the movies by myself and I love it. You know, I, I, I had three hours to kill before, like between meetings once. And I'm like, what the heck am I going to do for three hours? So I just went into a movie theater and saw whatever was on. And it was actually great because I could be on my phone and nobody bugged me and I could just do my own thing. But people I don't know that, that I would have that same experience. People that? say that people say that they enjoy going to the movies alone. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've, I've only done that a couple times. And one other time waiting to come home from spring training just because of the, there's a movie theater by the Tampa airport. But, um, <laughs> but speaking of Tampa airport, like here's, here's one thing that's a big advantage to this. These players don't have to get on planes with recirculated air. 
they can just go from site to site in their local vicinity, right? So so isn't one advantage that they don't have to expose themselves to travel? I mean, that, that would be the only reason to have different leagues because, unfortunately, um, I guess it was precipitated by there were teams on the West Coast, so you wanted to have something over that way more. So, But now you have this Arizona thing, which I don't think is the same experience as the, the Florida spring training. But but let's face it, you know, the, the Cleveland Indians – and the Cincinnati Reds, they're in two different divisions. They're in the same state, but then they, they're out in Arizona for that. But I, I don't know why they're in Arizona, but uh, you get that the Los Angeles Dodgers are. So, like, what, what options do you have other than to sort of play where, where this you have to make a division where the, the sites are, right? I guess. I, I guess that would be it. I I just don't want – I'm sure they can come up with a game plan. I just don't want to see it being to the point where I know heading into it that when a team wins the championship, it feels like it's almost fake and it doesn't feel right and it doesn't feel like it should be going down that way. And I would say that if it was the Phillies. If they played this year out where there was – I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Just say it was 70 games and they play with this spring training type atmosphere – I would know that that World Series kind of doesn't feel like a real World Series. You know what I mean? I, I guess I don't like going into it knowing that it doesn't feel right. Well, let well, me I ask you this. You might have to ask if it's if if you feel like it's all or nothing. I mean, if, if you feel like it's got to be all, it's got to be a real World Series or nothing, then you're going to have a hard time even finding that happy medium. How about this? You've got a dome stadium in, in Arizona, right? In, in Chase Field. So you have one. Now, let's say you decide in advance that the Cactus League World Series is going to happen. Well, uh, we all know St. Petersburg is has an awful stadium, right? So the, where the Rays play, you, you're not going to do it there. But maybe Marlins Park in Miami is going to be that home team stadium. And then Chase Field in Arizona will be that team's home stadium. So maybe you have the opportunity there to have a situation where by the time you get to the World Series, guess what? Fans are allowed back. Maybe there's a possibility that by then you could have a full Marlins Park and and we could head down to Miami to see the Phillies play the Cincinnati Reds in the World Series, <laughs> which sounds crazy, of course, because they're in the same same league normally. But 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 how about that? Do you think that that if you think that there's a chance that you could have people there, that could be a great way to sort of you talk about reopening the economy. Hey, come to Miami and see the World Series. Come to to Arizona, see the World Series. Maybe the world will be open by then. It's not bad. It's not bad. We're getting places, right? We're putting our foot in the right direction. I I guess that's a good way to think about it because where I'm at now, it's hard for me to even process the World Series and what it's going to be like then. I guess at this moment right now, my mind is set on how do we come up with something that at least makes sense to get going now? And I'm, I am I can't process, well, what's it going to be like when the World Series comes around and we're playing that final series? I'm kind of worried about getting something rolling to the point where it makes me at least a little bit satisfied. Yeah, I think that's the happy medium that I was noticing or that I was trying to talk about before. It's not a bad idea. I've heard worse. I don't, the the only thing is guys, I just don't know how my mindset is going to adjust as this thing goes from start to finish. Am I going to hate it from the first week and therefore I won't, you know, want to see anything more or is there going to be stuff going on that we're not anticipating that's going to make it obsolete? I don't know. Well, one, one, one more comment on that before I get to our, our, our first break. Uh, baseball is not going to be unlike everything else. You know, there's not just going to be a magic light switch that you turn on and then everything's back to normal, right? 
So whether you're talking schools, right, they just can, you know, it's, it's that's why they've most places have made the decision to, to not come back this academic year, right? They're going to wait till the fall or maybe even not. Some some schools have actually said that the colleges are going to do it online. So so it seems like in other industries and other areas of life, you're going to sort of ease back in. So baseball, that, in my closing thought on that, that topic, um, baseball might be doing just that. And then I have one more quick question before we head to break. And then I'm going to come back to this and break down the leagues when we get back from the break. But let's say that this is successful. You get this, you get baseball going and maybe let's just say June 15th, maybe we're lucky you have baseball going. If by August 1st, we know the coast is clear. Do you just play the rest of the year as normal MLB or do you keep those leagues and try to play them out? I think once you start, you got to rock and roll with it. You can't go from, hey, we're in the Cactus League to, hey, we're in the NL East. I don't think it makes sense to throw everything back all around and make it even more confusing. If you're going to go with this concept, you're going to finish it out with this concept. And I think that's the way it should go. And, and I guess in the record books, everybody understands that this was the coronavirus year. And it was a very weird year in terms of what happened in baseball. And we roll with that. Yeah, I'm with Hunter. I think that, you know, the worst thing you'd want to see is readjusting back to normal, then like a second spike as they're all, you know, many experts are saying would happen. And then that how would have to then make you re-readjust to go back to the way it was. So once you go down one road, I think you have to stay there. So, Hunter, uh, so um, Jeff, it sounds like you're basically saying that if we have baseball, this has got to be it. That's basically what I'm saying. I mean, it's already, I assumed in your scenario when are we starting the season? Well, that 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 seems to be open to discussion, right? So the so when it's seen when it's deemed safe enough to have this sort of containment in Florida and Arizona, mm-hmm. they would consider doing it at the team's spring training sites. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if if it started a week or two from now, which I don't see happening, and then three weeks later, there's such a dramatic shift that you think you can salvage some kind of season, but again, so, Hunter, I, I, so if Hunter in his basement comes up with the vaccine that saves the world, well, that that's the thing that we don't know about. If there was a vaccine that would eliminate maybe my scenario of a second spike coming up and then everything having to re readjust, but it's so hard to even opine on this without really knowing what the future holds. And without knowing what the future holds, all we can do is sort of talk about these scenarios and Hey, maybe we'll get to a point where they can try one of them out. So we're, up to our first break on the Powder Blue podcast. Really fast, Hunter. Tell us, tell everybody where they can find us. At Blue Powder Fills on Twitter. And then also on Sports Talk with Broads. We have the visual of this podcast. And we are on the every other podcasting platform with the Powder Blue podcast. I think it's at Powder Blue Fills, right? Yes. Is that what I said? You said no. at Blue Powder Fills. Well, we're going to edit this out. <laughs> So no, I think it, I think you should leave it. I think you should leave it. I think you should leave it. We all want to we we all want to know that you made a mistake. So yes, at Powder Blue on Twitter, Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, Hunter Brody. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to this latest edition of the Powder Blue Podcast. I'm Frank Close, joined with Hunter Brody, Jeff Mosher, and we've been talking about potentially starting the baseball season at spring training sites in quarantine fashion for the players. And it would be a very, very different baseball season as we've been discussing. And let's break down for a second, how these leagues would actually work out so that the, you know, it's funny, a, a lot of what we've talked about before all this happened were the, um, 
the leagues that the Phillies were in, the, the National League East, and having to, to take on the Atlanta Braves and the Washington Nationals, while well, all of a sudden they're going to have neither team to contend with. So here, here is what the Grapefruit League North would look like. The New York Yankees, based in Tampa. The Philadelphia Phillies, based in Clearwater, of course. The Toronto Blue Jays in Dunedin, very, very close to clear. Actually, Tampa is very close to Clearwater as well. So that's really great. You know, that nice thing about going to spring training is you usually can hit those those sites very, very easily. Then you have to go to Lakeland for the Detroit Tigers. That's kind of the only one left that's not on a coast. That's in uh, the middle of the state, kind of between Clearwater, Tampa area, and Orlando. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, who play just due south in Bradenton. So, so before we break down the red, what do you think of that as a division? I just see for me as a baseball fan, I think that's kind of intriguing. You know, the New York Yankees in your division, the Blue Jays, you know, the Blue Jays have sort of been like a cousin to the Phillies for years, being that they always played together in, in spring training and we're forgetting about 1993 for a second. You know, <laughs> they've usually had a good relationship over the years and you play each other a lot. Uh, and the Tigers and Pirates, I think that's kind of cool. Uh, so, Hunter, we'll start with you. What about that as a division? The one thing I do like about it, the only thing I like, well, there's, I guess there's two things. The first thing would be the Pirates being back with the Phillies. I think that that's something that people would like to see, even though they're not really that great anymore. Specifically this year, when you look at their payroll, I think they're spending like six bucks for their entire <laughs> roster. So it's not like they'll be very competitive, which goes into my next point. It's not a super competitive division. The only thing that scares me, though, is it's almost as if and I would hate to say this, but it's a lock that the Yankees would win the division. So the Phillies are somewhat fighting for a wild card spot right off the bat. You but stole really, my is thunder. It a, but is it, a, but is it, all right, Jeff, I'll ask you this then to sort of kick, kick into your perspective. Is it really a lock? The Yankees have had all these injuries. They're, they're missing players for the year. I don't know that that's such a lock, Jeff. Um, I think they had injuries and missed a lot of players last year and won 108 games. So I think it's a lock. I think they'd be raising their, um, grapefruit league pennant about 25 games into the series. And uh, is there a wild card in the scenario that the Phillies I assume can so, well, right? I, I mean, they're that... actually trying to expand the playoffs still. So not only is it the whole DH Which they thing, should. right? They sh- they're going to expand the playoffs. So now, I mean, maybe it's good that the division wouldn't be as hectic. It, it, I don't know. Maybe just maybe. So By the way, like just the idea of playing these games, uh, there'll be there. There can't be any day games, right? Well, there's I mean, double headers. Don't... There's double headers. There's seven inning double headers that they're trying to get. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, but day <laughs> baseball in Florida. I mean, there's a reason why even the Florida State League single A. I think they start their games at three o'clock or something because usually that thunderstorm rolls in in most parts of Florida yeah, exactly, every single day yeah. between one and three. I, I just think that it, it would in be the brutal. summer in Florida. There's a thunderstorm almost every single day of the week, and you just you know well, going down to Thresher's games, it's like you get there in time to get your beer and your hot dog. And you just have to often wait out the thunderstorm before you get back to the game. That, that is a reality that will interfere with this. So there's no doubts about that, but what, I, I like it better than the desert, like 112 degrees that Arizona is. That's a dry heat. Don't worry. That's what they all say. It's just a dry 108. You're fine. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's talk about the other divisions here. So the grapefruit league South would be the Boston Red Sox, the Minnesota twins, the Atlanta Braves, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Baltimore Orioles. Now, by the way, the, the Orioles sort of got shafted in this one because you think the Orioles <laughs> well, they're but, stuck in a brutal they're, division normally, anyway. 
there's yeah. a couple of reasons they are, but, but Braden 10 is almost, I, I mean, it's uh, Braden 10 is almost in Sarasota. So the pirates ended up playing with the Northern division, even though that might be as that might be really, really close to go from, from Sarasota to Bradenton. And yet the, the Baltimore Orioles based out of Bradenton, they have to go South. And mm. I will say I've driven, I've driven to the Tampa Bay Rays spring training site from Clearwater. I never want to do that again. I never will do that again. It's, it's not a pleasant ride. It's like three hours south and a lot of traffic. Uh, but the Braves just moved up the road. So the Braves and Rays will be right near each other. And then the Minnesota Twins and Boston Red Sox, they share a facility in, in Fort Myers. So at least you'll have some games that can be played with relative ease. So I guess that's the idea behind this. Little travel as possible. And then if you go to the Grapefruit League East, real quick, basically- who do you think wins that division? That's a tough division. The Red Sox Who, aren't going to have much I, in the tank I, this year. I know so. they're not, but yeah. you got the Rays, right? I mean, the, the Rays are definitely a very solid squad. Minnesota, they're a tough squad, too. They hit a lot of dangers, so that's a tough division to battle out. Yeah, I, I actually I actually think that would be a really competitive division, even if even if the Boston Red Sox aren't what they usually are, and even though the Orioles are what they usually are. <laughs> so, yeah, it would be between Atlanta, to, or it would be Atlanta, the Rays, the Rays and, and, and the Twins. Twins. That's going to be a battle. Yeah, that's that's, that's all of a sudden something I'm interested in. Yeah, this is kind of fun. Now let's let's look at the the Grapefruit League East. So these are the teams that are primarily on the East Coast near the ocean, which isn't as fun as the is the the Gulf, by the way. Uh, but the Washington Nationals, the Houston Astros, the two of them basically share a facility. The the New York Mets, the St. Louis Cardinals, and the Miami Marlins. Now the Marlins and the uh, Cardinals do share a facility, so. Uh, so Port St. Lucie is where the Mets are. Uh, the Cardinals and Marlins share one in Jupiter. So so these shared facilities will will actually mean no travel for some of the teams in, in the division. So, so that's got to be a good thing, right, guys? You know, I just had a thought that has nothing to do with this, what we're talking about. But the well, that's Houston, good. Houston Astros, listen, I, I don't want to I, I, I was going to say something ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not going to say they're happy for what's going on right now, because clearly nobody is happy about what's going on right now. But if ever a team that needed some ultimate distraction from everything that they did and all of the venom and the invective that was going to come down on them, you know, about a, a week, <laughs> a, a month or month and a half ago at this time is now pretty much wiped out. And I think once baseball does start, it's going to be like, bygones are bygones let's just thank god we're we're you all think? you know alive i, yeah, I, I, I just know. don't i think it's gonna soften the blow it See, might soften it but it's still so brutal that i don't think this will ever go away i really don't i don't, once baseball's back and we are normal and there are fans in the building jose altuve walks up to the plate in an away building you think everyone's thinking well i mean at least coronavirus <laughs> is over no they're gonna be ready to go yeah but i mean you're talking about he might they might be playing in half filled stadiums and older people down in florida and arizona like they're not gonna be like the typical philly crowd that's ready to like you know muck it up as soon as uh, the leadoff batter is up. So, I don't know. I see it differently. I think the uh, the Astros are going to get all, a little bit of a free pass because of this. But then they again, will. No they won't really get to play. They won't get to play the Dodgers this year again because right. they'll be in completely different leagues. Although they've they they still share a facility with the Nationals in West Palm Beach. You know who they Roger <laughs> Dean Stadium, the, if I'm not mistaken. Who they lost to in the World Series. So that's that's so that's that's an interesting one there so that 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 has some that has some interesting storylines for sure i think even related to the scandal even though the dodgers 
are not going to face them. Now let's talk about the Cactus League for a second. Now to me, all the Cactus League is all the same. It's it's Phoenix and the roads around it. It's it's like it's like if you're in Philly and then you have one in King and Prussia, one in right. Camden, one in Pottstown. It's all Philly. One, yeah, one in Glassboro. Like you know, it's 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 basically it. So uh, right. it's it's like all Phoenix. So but but here's how the divisions will line up in this scenario: the Chicago Cubs. The San Francisco Giants, managed by Gabe Kapler. The Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs> Had to bring that up under. The Arizona Diamondbacks will be the home team for the entire league, basically. The, the Colorado Rockies and the Oakland Athletics. Now, that's a pretty interesting division because the Athletics seem like they're, they're, they stand above everybody else. Yeah. They're a weird team. Really? Good. Yeah. They're really good. I know, but they're the type of team that could also be bad, and it wouldn't shock me because they're not – you're right that they're good. They're they're usually good when people are, think they're going to be bad because they don't have these name players. But the Cubs are pretty good too, uh, and the Diamondbacks might be better than expected. Here we are now actually talking real baseball, uh, which is which is amazing. That would be an interesting division. I think it would be a tight division. I don't see one team pulling away. Tight, so that- but not like a team that stands out as great. I feel like it would be a good. A good battle between a couple above average squads. No one's going to like really stand out and be an elite team. So that's the Cactus League North Northeast. And let's talk about the Cactus League West, which is well, the Los real, Angeles. Real, real quick, Frank. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but now I'm like, this has got like the wheels in my mind <laughs> churning. Certain teams build themselves certain ways. You know, the Oakland A's with Billy Bean and the Moneyball, they've always built themselves around high on base percentage guys. Not a lot of sluggers. I mean, they'll have a Chris Davis or they'll have some guys with pop, but they don't usually compare to, say, what you see on the Yankees, right? Now, you're playing in Arizona with really high, uh, I guess, the thin air is what I'm saying, right? The altitude. Well, it's not the altitude thing because they're in the desert, but for some reason, the ball carries, right? Some are domed, though. I think think they're going to try to make as many dome games as possible. Well, I wonder if that changes um, anything between a team built like, say, the Rockies and a team built like the like the athletics. I don't know. It just hey. popped into my head because they're, pl- they're all playing in the same climate and the same altitude. Excellent. And the ball tends to carry in Arizona. Excellent point. And, and so let's, uh, so we make sure we get them all in the, the Northwest, mm-hmm. the cactus league Northwest is the Milwaukee Brewers, the San Diego Padres, the Seattle Mariners, the Texas Rangers and the Kansas city Royals. So that, could, that, that really has no clear, clear front runner. I guess it would be what the Brewers. Yeah. It would be um, the Brewers. It's not that much of a division, and it's it's kind of weird seeing the Texas Rangers and the Houston Astros in a different division. I mean, a different league altogether. You know, they've been used to being in the same division too as of late. And then the then we have the Cactus League West, which is the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Chicago White Sox, Cincinnati Reds, Cleveland Indians, and the Los Angeles Angels. So uh, that's another one. You know, the the Dodgers. It seems like it's theirs. I mean, I, I mean, even though you have some good teams there, the Indians have been pretty good. The Reds have been on the up and up. White Sox been on the up and up. That might be the most, and the Angels too, with Mike Trout, you can never rule them out. So that on the uh, terms of divisions, that might be the strongest one of the three. Uh, yeah, I would think so. That has, that, to me, at least the most parity from because I think a lot of people thought the Reds were going to be a better team uh, this year. They were kind of uh, they did a little things in free agency. They were more talented. You know, they made the trade last year for Bauer. That, that would have been, you know, the Indians have been good for a while. Dodgers, as you mentioned, that would have been a good one. All right. Well, we're, our time's just about up. I have one burning question. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it because we spent last week talking about it. But this, these leagues assume the designated hitter. So I just my, my only question for you right now is, and I'll, I'll go to you first, Hunter. 
Is this fair to institute a designated hitter when teams have not planned for one? Yeah, uh, because I don't think any of this is somewhat fair. So at this point, yeah, I think it is fair because this is also out there in terms of baseball and what they're doing and what they're trying to acquire and get done. Yeah, I think it's fair because this is so different. I mean, you just you can't make this stuff up, really. So at this point, if everything is all DH, then so be it. Your I thoughts concur. on the DH, Jeff? I concur. Uh, I'll hate it, but I'll understand it. And the Phillies, they have Jay Bruce, right? Andrew, Mc- as we mentioned last week, Andrew McCutcheon will be back. So it could be an opportunity to spare some of McCutcheon's knees or Jay Bruce could be a DH or eventually Alec Bohm. So the Phillies seem like they're actually all right in that category, huh? Well, they've been a, an American League team posing as a National League <laughs> team for quite a while now with all their hitters and no pitching. So that that, that would make sense. I'll miss Vince Velasquez batting, though, right? I mean, that's that that that's the one Phillies pitcher I actually like to see hit, and I don't know why he didn't get to pinch hit much more than he did last year. But well, when you've Gabe got guys Kapler, like Andrew Knapp and Sean Rodriguez, right. I, you if, know. <laughs> if Gabe Kapler put Vinny V in to pinch hit, I'm gonna oh, 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 I'm gonna have a field day. <laughs> well, speaking of field days, I'm having a wonderful field day with the two of you. But it's time for our next break, so we'll be back after this. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. Hunter Brody, this is the Powder Blue Podcast. And we are back with the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, Hunter Brody. And this is our final segment of the show. And uh, we were breaking down what might happen with the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League. But in the absence of baseball, if, if none of that ever comes to fruition or some of these other da- other ideas that are forthcoming that we haven't been leaked to yet, because um, apparently they have a lot of different ideas. Uh, but But, you know, there's been a lot going on lately where they've broadcasted simulated games. Uh, baseball Reference has been putting together a simulated season. So uh, first, I want to ask the both of you, have either of you gotten to the point where you've looked at or watched any of the simulated content that's going on regarding baseball so far this season? Well, I'll start with you, Jeff. Uh, I have not sat down and watched a simulated baseball game with a simulated beer and uh, <laughs> some simulated friends. So uh, I think last time uh, when we did a podcast two weeks ago, it was right before the one with um, Reese Hoskins and the guy from the Marlins. Uh, I want to say, <sighs> can't remember, is Miguel something. And uh, I had zero interest in watching it. Now, oh, I can understand. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, it was a streamed game, right? Yes, yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, I don't think this was through Baseball Reference. It was through MLB.com or something like that. Twitch, I think. Yeah, something like that. Now, I can understand why this would appeal to a lot of people because this idea of um, like watching like game, like what Twitch is for, watching people play games is a thing now. You know, it's not for my generation. My generation is, you know, when you were playing video games and there were three people and two were playing, like, you would play the winner and you would be anxious waiting for your turn to get the sticks in your hand. So there's just no interest for me personally in watching two ball players play a game against each other as, as anything that's like kind of a substitute for baseball. I don't see that as it's, it would be separate and unto itself. So how about this? What about a, this, they're actually broadcasting games that sort of are played out as simulating games where like, you know, there's an actual, game going on it's not it's not people playing on their uh playstations or xboxes whatever they might play on Mm -hmm. it's an actual game that's being broadcast for everybody to see what do you think about those like are they worth watching right now or you're seeing that the the 2020 phillies play out would you watch that hunter 
No. Are, are you talking about the way you're mentioning it? Similar to what NBC Sports Philadelphia is doing with the Sixers right now, where it's the Sixers versus the Timberwolves on NBA 2K20, and it's just playing. It's the computer playing. No, actually, uh, M- uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia did broadcast a game, and uh, Tom McCarthy and Ben Davis were they the broadcasters. The I just I must believe have so. missed this. I, and even if they. I must have missed this, so obviously I haven't watched it, but I that can't that's not good enough for me. Uh, I just I can't personally sit there and watch something. All right, like so that. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you telling me that McCarthy and Davis broadcasted a video game? <laughs> they did. A, a like simulation as a of MLB writer, the show. <laughs> like if someone said to me, I have to go cover a simulated <laughs> like Madden game between the Eagles and Cowboys. I would find that so beneath me and so not even beneath me but just so i, I don't know like i think you'd be I just cannot a imagine hey doing doug it. why did you play why did you call that play uh, what are you talking about mosh <laughs> yeah so the yeah. game was the, the game was broadcast on april 11th okay and i only know about this from twitter so tom mccarthy <laughs> well, tweeted about true, it ahead though. of time and he said after the fact he said thank you all for watching our mlb the show simulated game we enjoyed it very much just to see each other on zoom and talk baseball so oh, we, they, uh, that's a lie and a half right yeah. there. <laughs> See, we, at that point, hold, at that point, why not just have a couple guys from the Phillies talking on Zoom? <laughs> like, if McCutcheon and Bryce Harper and Tom McCarthy all were on a Zoom call on NBC Sports at 7 o'clock, I think that might have more value than watching a computer play a computer in MLB The Show. Well, I'd love to hear from somebody if they did. So shoot me a line at Frank close with a K tell us about it. So we'll maybe by next week we can, we can talk about uh, your thoughts on that simulated game, which I did not catch. I will say I did. Well, not let me ask that. you, Frank, if, if this did air that, well, I'm not saying if it clearly aired, like there has to be a, a, a rating for like, we have to find out if this had ratings, right? <laughs> we should be able to find that out. We probably can at some point. So we'll yeah, just... I would love to see the ratings on that. I can't imagine. I can't imagine people sitting there watching nine innings. Nine innings. What if it went to extras, like the thirteenth inning, to the point where what happened last year? And I forget where it was exactly. It might have been Colorado, where it ended up going to like the fifteenth inning, and maybe Blackman hit a home run or a walk off home run or something, and the Phillies ran out of pitchers. It was one of those nightmares. Maybe it wasn't that game in mm-hmm. particular, but what if that happened on this on this simulated game, and people are sitting there for five hours watching that garbage? No offense, <laughs> if that was you watching the full nine. But uh, come on, <laughs> but but uh, teams teams are doing that. I, I I think I even did see Andrew McCutcheon actually tweet about uh, an a bat he had in one of the simulated games where he ended up walking. So he basically broke down this 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 at bat where it ended up going a full count and he walked. <laughs> but uh, wasn't the most oh, what exciting. a great virtual eye he had. <laughs> but but he's it, kind of funny. You can still check it out. He tweeted this on on April 9th uh, about a simulated game that was uh, uh, that went on. And he's basically critiquing himself uh, as the batter. I, I thought that was the best best thing that I saw in terms of the simulations. I don't know if I want to watch an entire game, um, but that is something which is which is indeed occurring. And another thing that is occurring, and I, I I'm just going to throw this out just for fun, but Baseball Reference has been simulating the entire season game by game with all the players uh, on the teams that, that as if things were to happen. And so I pulled up the box score for now. To, Full disclosure, so we're, we're recording this on April 13th, okay? So we're recording this Monday night late. 
And the Phillies played today, according to the simulated game. And the Philadelphia Phillies defeated the Milwaukee Brewers and Zach Greinke. I'm sorry, not Zach Greinke. Um, and Zach Wheeler uh, won. Uh, and they, they won three to two. Gosh, what year is it? Zach Greinke was on yeah, the Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> what was I talking about there? So actually, the Phillies faced former Philly Josh Lindblom, which is uh, in this simulation. So, uh, so Zach Wheeler got the win. He went eight innings. Allowed just two earned runs. Two now you hits. know Gabe Kapler's not managing. <laughs> four, I'm sorry, four hits, three walks. Uh, his ERA is now at 193 on the season after <laughs> four starts, and he has a two and two record. Uh, Jeff, your best friend Hector Neris got the save in this Let's one, go. right? So, uh, so the Phillies are. Uh, did he simulated. give up a run in the ninth? Uh, he did not give up a run in the ninth. No, I don't believe it. A, this was, I will say, according to this, now I haven't been going game by game, but uh, and, and I encourage you all to check out baseballreference.com. Hector Neris picked up his second save so far, and his ERA is currently at 16.20. <laughs> okay, I believe it now. <laughs> you know what's crazy, crazy you buddy? You See, know what's I'm crazy? not the only one that thinks. Right. Even the even the sabermetrical people know he stinks. <laughs> right so, now, right now, we are discussing a simulated <laughs> Philly season with Hector Neris and his stats. I mean, that's where we're at right now. So let me let me run through this lineup really fast. So the the the, the simulation has Gene Segura leading off, playing second. Reese Hoskins batting second at first. Bryce Harper batting third in right field. Jay Bruce in left. JT Real Muto catching, of course. Uh, DD Gregorius at short. Uh, now here's the one that's the real kicker. Yairo Munoz started at third base and seems to be the starting third baseman. If you want to know who that is, it's he's somebody who was released by the Reds a few weeks ago and picked up by the Red Sox. So I don't know how he ended up on the <laughs> Phillies. <laughs> but, I guess Andrew McCutcheon's injured at this point for them. I, I then maybe that's it. Uh, but Yairo Munoz is a utility player who was with the Cardinals last year, and he can play infield, outfield. So I guess they decided he was better in the simulation. They decided he was better than Neil Walker and and, and uh, Josh Harrison. And they picked this guy up, and apparently he's their starting third baseman at the moment. Well, and it's then, funny uh, they couldn't find a pitcher who could do a better job of a six than a sixteen ERA the, <laughs> <laughs> off the street than Nectar Neris. And they have Roman Quinn starting in center, uh, Good. playing. And so, but he, I'm, I'm looking at these stats. Now, this is really funny. So, uh, so according to this, April thirteenth on this season, Gene Segura, he's batting three thirty three. Two home runs, 16 runs batted in. So he's sort of been the star of the team so far as their leadoff hitter. Reese Hoskins, they have him batting 143. Wolf. They have Jay Bruce batting 153. And they have, uh, they have, let's see here. None of these are that flat. What about Didi? Because I'm just, I don't know what to expect out of him. And not that this means anything and relates (laughs) to real life at all. But (laughs) what do they have him at in this season right now? He's batting batting 622. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right i wish what did you say frank he is a 250 hitter in this simulation all right i think What's the race one is realistic which i hate to say i'm I'm so low on reese hoskins right now it hurts it hurts well uh, you can't be lower than pro football or baseball references <laughs> baseball reference like by the way just for fun let's go through because we only got a couple minutes left let's run through this nle standings right now the braves are the division leader at 12 and 6 The Miami Marlins are in second place at 10 and seven. The New York Mets third at seven and nine. The Washington Nationals fourth place, six and 10. 
and your Philadelphia Phillies have a four and thirteen record, seven and a half games out of first place imagine, on April thirteenth. Oh, imagine if that was real. Oh. I, I'm not sure it's not. <laughs> so, so this is this is this is really funny. I mean, they you know they have their they have their top performers and stuff. Uh, you know, they they list Zach Wheeler is one of the you know top ones in the league so far. But uh, but this I will say this is this is at least fun to check out. You know the. Um, the Phillies don't have much going on they, uh, in terms of uh, the, the league leaders at this point. But uh, is Zach uh, Wheeler the only player on the team that's performing at a decent level? Uh, well, I didn't go through every box score, but how about it, Harper? It, it, it doesn't. <laughs> What's he doing? It doesn't. Uh, I, I, oh, let me find it again now. So I got to go through these box scores. So Bryce Harper, the lead. we got to know what Bryce is doing. Yeah, after going 0 for 3 tonight, he is now batting 237 with two home runs and eight runs batted in as of April 13th. But today's only April 13th, right? So there's there's still time for them to get better, right? And improve their fake season, right? With, <laughs> with players that I don't know how they got there. <laughs> it does feel like we've missed two months of baseball and it's really been only about two weeks, right? It does. It does. But anyway, the baseballreference.com, it's, it's kind of a fun thing. Uh, it's, it's way out there. Uh, I, I think, I think, I think that these numbers are perhaps a little too extreme, but, uh, but you might enjoy checking that out. And unfortunately we are already out of time. It feels like we just sat down to talk baseball, but it is time for us to go. And Hunter remind everybody, please where to find us and get it right this time <laughs> on Twitter at powder blue Phil's. And we are on all podcasting platforms, Powder Blue Podcast. And on YouTube, the visual is on Sports Talk with Broats. All right. Well, Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, Hunter Brody, we thank you for joining us. And hopefully we'll have some better news and maybe more specific things that will be happening for us in the baseball world coming soon. But everybody, please stay safe. We'll catch you next time. 